from, from WDM East Lansing. You're listening, you are to, the listening undercurrent. to the Undercurrent, a weekly radio show that, that brings you audio narratives from students at Michigan State Michigan University. State University. From WDBM East Lansing, this is The Undercurrent. I'm your host, Daniel Rizal. This is The Undercurrent's third season and episode number six. I'll be bringing you stories every week that center around a different theme. This week, our theme is devotion. To have loyalty, commitment to something else in our lives, that's one of the greatest experiences a human can feel. How can we better ourselves by giving up time, money, food, all these things that we consider essential to living. We'll learn more about Ramadan as it wraps up this year. Controlling your desires, controlling your soul so your soul feels spiritually elevated uh, by the end of fasting. And a musician setting aside the next five years of his life to land a record deal. Some people have cried at my shows, which kind of scares me a little bit, but it's it's cool. Like it, It's a great feeling when someone can see themselves in your song. Stay tuned, this is The Undercurrent. You're tuned in to The Undercurrent. Our theme this week is devotion, and we have stories from people who dedicate their lives to something else. And with this first story, we're looking at devotion in a more traditional, religious sense. Ramadan. What is it, and why do more than a billion people do it every year? Reporter Nina Rao brings us the story. And a quick side note, due to some time constraints, her voiceover was recorded with a mobile recording kit, so she might sound a little roomy. Here's Nina. My name is Sohil Chaudhry. I am from Pakistan originally, born and raised there. I am the imam or the spiritual leader at the Islamic uh, Society of Greater Lansing. And the word imam literally means prayer leader in Arabic. However, imams do more than just lead prayers. So besides leading the five daily prayers and the Friday sermon, Friday is our main worship day, leading the sermon and the prayer, uh, I also teach classes. Uh, here at the center, Arabic classes, Quran study classes. We also um, work um, with the community as counselors. Uh, So if there's marriage issues, if there's some disputes in the community, help resolve them. Uh, And then performing marriages as well as funerals. So that would be the main, um, you know, job which I do. And another additional job every year, preparing for Ramadan. So obviously we start preparing for the month of Ramadan a few months actually before the Ramadan sets in, um, organizing different activities, getting the teachers we need for the special classes we, we have in Ramadan, getting the volunteers because there's so much work that is uh, going on here, so many activities going on in the month of Ramadan that we need uh, a group of volunteers. So getting the volunteers ready, giving them some training, um, planning the meals which will be uh, given in the month of Ramadan, uh, organizing the uh, the special night worship service 
And since we have that service, we have to organize for the parking space, uh, how we're going to manage all these people here, uh, how we're going to have the food for men and women, because men and women are in different areas of the mosque uh, getting their meals, how we're going to handle the babysitting, the children who will be coming to the mosque. So a lot of planning goes in to the preparation for Ramadan. And then the first um, night of Ramadan, because we in Islam we start with the night and not with the day. So the night comes in and we have we start with a special prayer called the Tarawih prayer, which is a special prayer which we pray in the month of Ramadan in the night time, uh, in which we try to recite the Quran uh, throughout the month of Ramadan. And so most mosques would finish the recitation of the entire Quran uh, in the month of Ramadan during those special uh, Tarawih prayer or night prayers. But let's backtrack for a second. What is Ramadan and why is it held every year? So Ramadan uh, is the month of fasting where we do not eat or drink uh, from the dawn to sunset uh, for 30 days, which is the, the month of Ramadan. It's the ninth month of the lunar calendar. When Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, migrated from Mecca to Medina, the second year after his migration, Ramadan became mandatory. So fasting in Ramadan is mandatory for all Muslims who are able to physically and medically. You know, they can, they can do that. They have to fast. Um, the significance of Ramadan is that the Quran was revealed from the preserved tablet, which is with God, which is a book which God has in the heavens, which has everything written in it. And the Quran is from that book. So the Quran was revealed from that preserved tablet to the lowest heaven, which is the universe, the, the skies above us. And from there, it took 23 years for the entire Quran to be revealed to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So uh, God says in the Quran, we revealed the Quran in the night of decree which is a special night in the month of Ramadan, uh, which is in the last 10 nights of Ramadan. There is a night which we call the night of power, the night of decree. Uh, worshipping in that one night is equivalent to worshipping a thousand months. So, you know, it's like a bonus night where you can get so much rewards and blessings if you worship God. Um, Ramadan uh, or fasting uh, also has the spiritual aspect to it of elevating your soul. When you deny your body food and drink for a number of hours, that helps in controlling your desires, controlling your soul, so your soul feels spiritually elevated uh, by the end of fasting. Uh, also, it brings you closer to those people who are suffering hunger and thirst all the time. You feel what they feel, and, and that draws you closer to the poor and, and the needy. And Ramadan is a powerful significance that affects the community in a meaningful way. So uh, in Islam, we follow the lunar calendar, which is based off the moon, the cycles of the moon. And uh, the lunar calendar is 11 days shorter than the solar calendar. So Ramadan keeps moving back 11 days every year. That's one of the significance of Ramadan is that members who probably are not showing up regularly to the mosque would start showing up because everyone wants to be there for the, the celebrations as well as the blessings of Ramadan. So we get a lot of people who were not showing up before. They would come for the night prayers, for example, or the Friday prayers. And we get to know each other uh, when we break uh, the fast together. We sit uh, together and we talk about different issues while we're breaking our fast or enjoying our meals, you know, we get to know people whom we never talked to before. So one of the significance of Ramadan is bringing people together uh, because of the high volume, the numbers, the sheer numbers who are showing up. Because of its auspicious reason, Ramadan is called the holy month, and it truly is. Having raised in a predominantly Muslim family, fasting helped me realize the things I take for granted and the need to be more thankful. 
but I never asked anyone about individuals who are ill and happen to be Muslim. How are they fasting when they're medically not allowed? So, uh, according to Islam, uh, a person who is in a situation where they are dehydrated, they are feeling sick, they are not able to continue with the fast due to a medical reason, um, then, you know, they are allowed to break their fast. Uh, Islam does not want uh, to damage the person's health in any way, shape or form. Actually, it's forbidden for certain kinds of patients to fast. They're not even allowed to fast, according to Islam, because that can you know, have a negative impact on their health. Um, so we never experience that. Usually, you know, most people are okay with that. It's just the first few days which are the hardest. Once your body gets used to it, uh, you know, you don't really feel the impact. And that's one of the amazing things about Ramadan is that before Ramadan comes, people are dreading. Some people are dreading, how am I ever going to do it? But once you enter it, uh, somehow the blessing takes over and you, you know, you, you go through it without much difficulty. And you actually enjoy uh, the spiritual side of it. And the celebration doesn't end once Ramadan is over. After Ramadan is over, we have a special um, day of celebration called the Eid, uh, in which once again we start our day with the prayers. Um, and that's uh, an even more amazing experience because here in East Lansing and Lansing area, the greater Lansing area, we uh, have so many Muslims who attend the prayer that we are not able to hold the prayers in the mosque anymore. We have to go out of the mosque and you know rent a place. Last uh, Eid, we had about 7,000 people who attended the prayer. So it's just you get the feeling of a community, this uh, universal nature of Islam that regardless of your race, your color, your ethnicity, uh, your food, your culture, we're all brothers and sisters. And that feeling is so amazing that it, it lifts your spirit for the rest of the year. Overall, Imam Chaudhry believes that Ramadan strengthens a person's humanity. You're able to test yourself through experiencing hardship and sharing it with God. Hence, creating a closer relationship with yourself and others around you. The way it changes me every year is amazing because it, it humbles me uh, to my core. It uh, makes me realize my weakness as a, a human being, how dependent I am on God. And it makes me realize that there are so many people who are fasting every day of their life because they don't have food and water. Uh, and that makes me feel closer to them. Uh, and I want to do something for them. For Impact Student Radio, I'm Nina Rao. Ramadan, what it is and why it's done. Story by Nina Rao. You're tuned into The Undercurrent here on Impact 89 FM. I'm your host, Dan Orizel. This week's theme is devotion, including that story you just heard. We're highlighting stories that show people who are ready to set aside time, money, etc. to someone or something else. And if you like what you hear, you can listen to our podcast. Hear it online at impact89fm.org and on iTunes by searching The Undercurrent. Also, on top of that, we have a Twitter. You can follow us at WDBM underscore current for updates throughout the week. Feel free to tweet at us and join in. This week, we want to know, have you ever devoted yourself to something that never really paid off? Join us at WDBM underscore current on Twitter. And while I've got you here, we want stories from you or your friend or your pet or whoever. We want to hear it. Send us an email at news at impact89fm.org for more information. Our theme today is devotion. Why do people give up time and money and everything else in their lives for something else? Our next story is from a musician who wants to land a record deal. He's setting aside the next five years of his life toward reaching that goal. Reporter Cole Tunningly has the story. 
Some people have cried at my shows, which kind of scares me a little bit, but it's it's cool. Like it, It's a great feeling when someone can see themselves in your song. That's James Lee playing with his band Lions at a DIY venue in Grand Rapids to an audience of about 50 supportive fans. While we were setting up the interview over Facebook, he told me that his goal is to make sad music that people can dance to. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm slowly getting there. Hopefully this new EP, The Golden Flesh, um, hits that more. Um, I want to make music that's really emotional and raw, but also has like the positives of like rock music and, and the physicality of music. Um, LCD sound system is a huge influence, even if even not sonically, but just the fact that he can talk about such serious and adult things while making you dance. Um, car seat headrest, big influence, uh, early arcade fire. That list of influences is one of the reasons I met James. We started talking at a comedy show because he said that I look like Will Toledo from Car Seat Headrest. After talking for a few minutes, I became intimidated by his seemingly encyclopedic knowledge of current American music. It was a passionate mix of artist, fan, and scholar. It made sense when I found out he was devoting the next five years of his life to succeeding in music. I mean, that's a hope. I think music is about... I think, quote-unquote, succeed in music, which I define as being able to do music and feed yourself. Um, I think the key to that is quitting last, because it's, it's such a hard game. It's, you know, I often feel the pressure to just stop and settle for something that's less emotionally draining or risky. Um, but, you know, I just want to keep on trying at this until, until I absolutely have to stop or if I get a l- label deal. I felt compelled to ask James about the negatives of pursuing a career in music. What was he most afraid of losing? Um, financial stability. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the biggest one. I mean, um, it's hard to be a musician today. There's not that much money in it anymore, um, especially for someone who makes music as specific as me. You know, it's not like high-context folk alt-rock is really booming right now. Um, that's really my main concern. There's nothing else much in it. Like, I don't think I'll hate myself if I did music for five years and didn't make it. They closed her mother sometime in December when she was only 19. When they found the tumor, I wonder if they knew that it'd be their last Thanksgiving. We'd cry for hours, some nights on her sofa when she was consumed with grief. But Meg is my sister and I love her forever, for she is family. Oh yeah, no, it's it's so it's so personal and uh, introspective. It feels narcissistic at times. Um, I definitely draw from my own stories and my own experiences in a very like high context and precise manner. You know, I talk about really mundane things, and I'm hoping that they're universal themes in all the relationships and small things I do that I talk about. Because I believe like even if it is really specific, you can still relate to people 
you know, even if I'm talking about going to Yes or Dog to pee, like, I think there's something that you can relate to. So it's kind of trusting my audience a lot. His lyrics are so personal that throughout the night, I would meet people referenced in his songs. Ken, Johnson, Meg. They were all on the album, and they were all at the show. It was an emotional set. When he finished, I asked people for their opinions. James did good. <laughs> you heard it first, folks. I thought it was nice. I really like Lions. Every time I've seen them, it's been an awesome time. It was great. Amazing. It was nice. Oh, man. I thought it was incredible. Uh, James and uh, his mother and my mother are all proud of him. So, very excellent display. Lost your faith in a Christian school Where he lost your virginity to A Trojan, a Superman I only want to be yours After the show, James used his merch money to buy me and his friend food at a sleek and modern hot dog place called Johnny B's. He lamented the fact that it used to be a much grimier place, but he would stumble in drunk and play pinball. I went back to his house, and he showed me a canopy over his bed. It was made by the girl he lost his virginity to, and he still sleeps under it. I really hope he gets that record deal, because the small details he loves to sing about form something beautiful when he strings them all together. With Impact Student Radio, I'm Cole Tunningly. Love's not a fatuation, left me a mess on the floor. And though we make it, you still change behind the curtain. Outside these walls, the pressure's mounting. My mother weaves through the phone. The shadow of Lion Rock, where students refuse to go. You can hear more music from James by searching Lions on Bandcamp.com. That's Lions, L-I-A-N-C-E. That does it for this week's show. Our theme was devotion, looking at the what's and the why's of why people give up one thing for another. And if you have a story idea yourself, we want to hear it. You can send us an email at news at impact89fm.org. A special thanks to our general manager, Ed Glazer, our station manager, Audrey Matus, our assistant news directors, Nina Rao and Cole Tunningly, our production director, Casey Sylvester, and our programming director, Michael Pomorski. You've been listening to The Undercurrent. I've been your host, Daniel Rizel. We'll catch you next week, Saturday at 10 a.m. And until then, you can find our full podcast online. That's at impact89fm.org and also on iTunes. And on top of that, you can follow us on Twitter at WDBM underscore current. Thanks for tuning in. We'll hear from you next week. You've been listening. You've been listening to, to the, the undercurrent. Undercurrent. The undercurrent. From WDBM. East Lansing.